Hi, and welcome to the Beat Brigade. I'm your host, Carrie Slack, and thanks for joining for the inaugural episode of where we go behind the scenes with stories from the volunteers behind those beats at Ottawa's biggest music festivals. We're going to hear some crazy stories from the side of your summer fun that you don't get to see. Behind every festival, there are thousands of working parts. Logistics nightmares just come with the territory. My first guest is the big boss of our beloved Blues Fest and City Folk Festivals. I'm here at City Folk with Mark Monaghan, the director of City Folk and Blues Fest, and we are talking about uh, logistical nightmares that he may have encountered. My name is Mark Monaghan. I'm the executive director of City Folk. The, the biggest logistical nightmare we faced was when we moved the City Folk Festival to Hogsback Park, um, okay. which is a beautiful park. Uh, in a beautiful part of the city, but had zero infrastructure and um, was challenging just in terms of uh, water, power, anything you can imagine. And right. the field we didn't realize was actually not really suitable for large equipment or large trucks. Yeah, it's kind of mushy over there, isn't it? And, and one year, uh, by the end of it, we could not get out most of the food vendors or a lot of the trucks that were wow. brought into the park and we had to actually get um, some farmers to come with tractors wow. to haul out a lot of the uh, vehicles that were stuck in the mud. Tow truck just wouldn't do it, eh? Exactly. Wow. Okay, thank you so much for your time, Mark. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. So my second guest today is volunteer coordinator extraordinaire Susan Sloan. Susan has a rich volunteer history in Ottawa, and she's moved up the ranks to volunteer coordinator. Welcome to the Beat Brigade. Thanks so much, Carrie. Thank you so much for asking me to be here today and giving me an opportunity to, to reach a, a large number of people on the benefits and the wonders of coordinating volunteers and being a volunteer in the greater Ottawa area. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it myself. Can you tell us first a little bit about yourself and some of the events that you've been a part of? I can't believe so much time has gone by, but it's been about 21 years of volunteering. It all started out with Canada. Actually, it all started out with Winterlude. I was traveling across Canada for 12 years. I jokingly said my furniture knew Ottawa better than I did. And I had to find a way to get to meet people in Ottawa, and it was ever so difficult. So I thought volunteering might be a really good way to meet some people who were like-minded. And something about it resonated. And I realized there were so many different opportunities in fields that I've not yet explored. So I just literally volunteered my way through every year of the last 21 years. And as luck would have it, sometimes opportunities came up where I would be offered a role to coordinate based on past events, based on, I've done, one day we took the time just to count how many events I've done in 21 years. And it was 45. You and I met yeah. at a volunteer uh, event that we can talk about later if you like. Yeah, a pretty extraordinary one, for sure. Landmark, yeah. for sure. And pretty much that's what I've been doing. Um, I still work full time. I seem to be able to always find the time to volunteer and to take on additional roles. It has mostly to do with the community that I have the fortune to volunteer in and the people I meet. So I remember um, the event you're talking about, and I'm going to assume <laughs> that you're talking about La Machine. Is there any other? <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
basically Loud Machine wasn't classified as a music festival, but I don't know if you can recall those musicians about 50 feet in the air performing, strapped cherry pickers in about 40 degree heat. I'm going to qualify it. Mm -hmm. That would be fondly remembered as a musical chariot. And that musical chariot was indeed a component. Now, in essence, La Machine is musical theater. Right. So therefore, it does actually fall within the genre of musical. So it's musical theater. Right. So for those people in Ottawa who, who may have been under a rock somewhere that weekend, um, can you briefly <laughs> explain to me what La Machine was? La Machine was musical theater. It essentially was the spirit of the dragon. Our two feature characters were Longma, the dragon, and Kumo, the spider, both female and both older than time itself. In essence, the production was set in Ottawa, and then they called it moving, the moving musical theater. The whole purpose of it was to move throughout the city of Ottawa and performing scenes from the inevitable finale which occurred in the Brett Flats. In essence, Kumo, being the bad arachnid that she was, stole Longma's wings. Longma, after waking up after a deep sleep, was finally able to catch Kumo's scent and travel to Ottawa to confront her to get her wings back. I, that I, in essence is Namashi. I, I think it was our, our now infamous LRT that stirred up that, wasn't it? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> So, uh, for me, words kind of failed to describe that whole event, and frankly, if you lived in Ottawa at the time and you missed it, I really don't know what the heck you were doing. Um, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people came out to watch the story play out, and uh, so with an event of that size, it, I, I know personally it was logistically a nightmare, but can you maybe describe to me an incident or two that uh, made it especially so? Yeah, from a logistics perspective, you're right. There were so many unexpected events that occurred as a result of this being the very first time anything of this nature. And there were 750,000 people at its largest for this event. One of our biggest logistical, <laughs> I don't want to call it unpredictable, predictable. But in <laughs> essence, being such a new idea, there was not a lot of thought to the logistics of how to move people with 40 ton and 45 ton mechanical beasts. Right. Once, La, once Kumo came down from the Basilica and landed, next day, scene two began. The problem was, Kumo was stuck in the National Gallery because no one had thought to put enough of a barricade around to allow Kumo to move. <laughs> So essentially we had our first massive logistical problem. How do you move a 40-ton spider with 16 operators and 40 volunteers when there is no room to move and no one knows who's in charge? <laughs> so we pretty much know that Kumo, Kumo could move and do whatever Kumo wanted, but she, she actually had a, a, a soft, softer side and thought that squishing humans was not a good idea. So <laughs> what we had to do was we, the volunteers on the ground, had to figure out a solution to the problem. And the solution to the problem was just communication. We asked the uh, 
Ottawa police on their bicycles to go to the back of the crowd and ask people to start stepping back. As people started to step back, the person in front of them could step back and so on and so forth. So essentially using the crowd to help itself, they carved paths so Kumo could start moving. And that was one of the biggest logistical uh, challenges we had just coming out of the gate. I think um, in essence it was part of the, the wonder of the whole thing too because nobody really knew but we all had to kind of work as a community to uh, make the show happen that, that everybody enjoyed. Indeed. It was a learning experience from day one. Uh, none of us had any experience in how to move with a, uh, a spider with eight legs through a crowd of 750,000 people down some of the smallest streets of the Bywood Market. But yet we did. And eventually I would have loved to have seen from above watching the crowd work cooperatively these mobile beasts. It would have because been... in essence, the patat, that which surrounded the uh, Kumo and Longma, had to move in a wave that had not yet been carved out. Right. And yet moved in conjunction with the crowd, with Kumo, with Longma, and somehow, like an amoeba, we just moved our way through, changing shape, changing form, and without any injuries whatsoever. I remember before before moving out, like before every show, that there was kind of a tentative plan for a map, but you never really knew what the night was going to bring and what way you were going to have to end up going. Nope. And this was the beauty of the moving musical theater. None of us were allowed to tell them what path we were going to take. Right. Because in essence, what they wanted to do was pretty much like the Pied Piper. Yeah, yeah. We played the music and they followed. And we had the dramatic scenes at the bridge and the, the grand finale of the Brett Flats, the big fight at the Supreme Court. Um, one of the other major logistical errors came when people just didn't appreciate how difficult it was to move Longma into the Supreme Court. And the crowd collapsed on Longma and the patat couldn't keep them out because the power of the people was far much stronger than that of the the circle that surrounded her and the volunteers were engulfed in the crowd. I remember. Yeah. I remember clearly. Yes, I know you do. We were all there. Yeah. And it was just unbelievable that we literally had to get the police to pull the volunteers out so that they would be safe. And it wasn't that anybody didn't think of it, but again, all of these things came up because we've never done anything like this before. Well, hopefully one day we get to do it again. Oh goodness, had COVID not. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with me today. Um, my pleasure. And that is it for episode one of The Beat Brigade. I'd like to thank my guests for stopping by and thanks for checking me out. Join me again in two weeks' time when we talk about the craziest things our volunteers have ever seen on a shift. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Check us out in two weeks.